Welcome to Parker Memorial's podcast of the 8.30 a.m. service. Our service includes modern-style worship and an on-time message from God's Word by Dr. Mac Amos. Now, here's this week's message. Let's get a word from God today, okay? <laughs> and that word uh, is it, really built off of this little I have it button. All right, We have this I have it button. And I hope you know that I have it button stands for I have the absolute assurance that if I died today, that I would go to heaven. Amen. Well, that's the most important thing that you can know. Amen. The most important thing you can know is that you have the assurance that if you died today, that you would go to heaven. But let me tell you something else about this I have it button. When I gave my heart to Jesus and I put my faith and trust in Jesus, he didn't just give me a home in heaven that I'm assured of. But he also adopted me into his family. Right? I became a part of the family of God. And he became my father. And almighty God, who's my father, says in his word that he places me in the palm of his hand. Amen? He places me in the palm of his hand. That means that nothing can enter into my life except that it come through his hand. The only thing that's going to come into my life is something that he would allow in his permissive will to come into my life, and it's going to fulfill his purpose, and it's going to be either for my good or for God's glory. All right? That's just a truth that I, I realize, that whenever I got saved, I know I'm going to heaven, I have him as my father. I also have him, though, as my shepherd. And being my shepherd, that means that he is my protector. He is my provider. He is my presence. He is everything that I need for him to be. So when I say that I have it, I don't just have the fact that I have the assurance of my salvation, but I have the assurance of the Lord God being in and over my life. And that is a unique privilege to enjoy. You know what that means? That means that I no longer walk alone. When I face challenges in this world... It's not based on my strength, my ingenuity, my plans, or my creativity of how we're going to get it done because it's not dependent on me. I am His, and He is Lord over my life. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing to know, a wonderful privilege to have. (laughs) And that means because that is so, I can trust in Him. I, I, it reveals to me that I'm no longer at the disposal of men. I don't have to fear men. I don't have to fear elements. I don't have to fear disease. I walk in the protective seal of holy God. He said he sealed us by his Holy Spirit. He is master over my life and your life. And he dictates what will happen in my life. And he will ultimately be the one who determines when my passage will be and how my passage will be from this life to eternity. He's totally in charge of that. Amen? Absolutely in charge. So those things being true, that means that I do not have to be afraid. You do not have to be fearful. You do not have to walk in anxiety of your heart no matter what the circumstances around you. You don't have to walk that way because he is over you. He is over you. Do you realize you can get your concordance when you, when you get home, if you have a Bible concordance, and just go to the word fear. Do you realize that the word fear not, fear not is found 103 times 
In the King James Version, it's 103 times. If you look at other words like afraid or some things that reflect fear that carry that same connotation, if you, if you will look at those words, you'll find out that there are between 300 and 400 times that it says in God's word, you do not fear, you do not have to be afraid, all of those kinds of words. Matter of fact, somebody counted it and said that they found it to be 365 of those occasions, one for every day of the year. <laughs> one for every day of the year, because why? Because we need a word about fear every day of the year. Do you realize, though, that God never intended us to experience fear? He, he never intended us to be afraid. When Adam and Eve were created, they, they had no fear. But you remember what happened? They messed up, didn't they? And as soon as they messed up, do you know what crept into the heart of Adam and Eve? Fear. Because whenever God began and came walking in the garden, what did they do? They went and hid themselves from God. And when God beckoned them and called them and said, come out, he says, what are y'all doing? They said, we were afraid. <laughs> we were afraid. And see, fear is the result of sin. Fear is the occasion and cause of fear is the result of sin. That feeling in my heart that I feel is the result of sin being in the world. And God never intended us to have fear. And bless God, one day we'll be in a place where we'll have no fear. But in this world, in this world, we have to battle fear. We have to battle fear. And in order to battle fear, we're going to need the power of Almighty God. Amen? And we're going to need to know the truth of Almighty God. And we're going to need to, to put the Word of God within our heart and within our life that we combat the fear that wants to creep up within us. The fear of the unknown, the fear of a virus, the fear of life and death, whatever it might be, the fear of failure, the fear of financial collapse. What do you want to be afraid of? There's all kinds of things to choose from. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole list to choose from, you know. But you don't need to be overcome by fear. Why? Because the Lord God is your Father. The Lord God is your shepherd. The Lord God gives promises in His Word that you can hold on to, that you can place in your life. And, and the truth of God's Word is to combat, is to combat that fear that creeps into your heart or in rampage over your life. So, so let me just share with you some some proverbs and some truths up here. You can write them down and look at them. But let's look at some words and some truth of God's word. Look at Proverbs one thirty three. But he who listens to me shall live securely and shall be at ease from the dread of evil. That word dread is the fear of evil. The one what? who listens to me, who listens to me. Shall live securely. Here's another promise. Give it another word. Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. Do not, be not afraid of sudden fear. Have you ever had sudden fear just run over you? You know what I'm saying? It just all of a sudden, you just, it just comes. 
Do not be afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord shall be your confidence and shall keep your feet from being caught. Amen. Look at another word. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. And I want to be exalted rather than being caught in a snare. Amen? Here's another word. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. He knows your name. (laughs) You're not just one of the group. You're special. Amen? You're special. He, He calls you by name. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. What does that remind you of? The what? The three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went in the midst of the fire, came out, didn't even smell like smoke, did they? What does it remind you of? The children of Israel as they cross the Red Sea on dry ground whenever Pharaoh's army gets buried. What's the, what's the uniqueness about both of those experiences? It's because those people had a relationship with Almighty God. Amen? What about Daniel getting thrown into a lion's den where they are very hungry, but he makes it all night long? How did that happen? Because he was trusting in the Lord God. What about Paul whenever he is gathering up wood to start the fire and the serpent bites his hand and he slings it off and everybody says, he's going to die, he's going to die. He never even had a fever, amen? Well, How could that possibly happen? Because he says, I redeemed you, I called you by name, and I will be with you wherever you walk and whatever you go through. Look at the next one. In John 14, 27, Jesus' words, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Look at the next one. Isaiah 41, 13. What does it say? For I am the Lord your God, who holds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear you ought to underline this. I will what? I will help you. Well, isn't it great to know the Lord holds our right hand? And then no matter what we go through, he says that I will help you. I will help you. Look at the next one. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Look at the next one. The Lord Jesus, one of the best things about this story is this story happens in a boat. Jesus is sleeping on a cushion in the bottom of the boat. He is sleeping while the storm is raging. You know that? Why, Why was Jesus able to sleep on a cushion while the storm's raging? Because he knows the Father is in charge. Amen. It ain't bothering him about that storm. He knows he's not going to die in that storm. He knows the Father has it. So he's sleeping on a cushion, but the, the, the disciples and many of them fishermen who had been out there in the Sea of Galilee many, many times, even in the midst of the storm, they are frantic and wake him up and said, Lord, do you not care about us? Do you not care about us? 
And what does he say? Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I was talking to somebody yesterday, and we were talking about this matter of fear. And fear is a choice, and faith is a choice. And what you do is when fear creeps up in your heart, creeps up in your life, you make a choice to believe God. I'm going to believe the promises of God, the presence of God. I'm going to make that choice that I'm going to choose faith rather than fear. Amen? Look at one other I'm going to give to you. It's Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. If you didn't get another one, any other one but that one right there is a good one. Amen? <laughs> I sought the Lord. Whenever you got fear, say, he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. I I give those to you as ammunition. Those are bullets in your gun. I don't know if you know that those are bullets. Just put them in your gun, all right? And you're going to need to fire that gun quite often in these days. Listen, I'll tell you, we have a wonderful opportunity to be a bold witness for Christ in these days. Because when people are anxious and fearful and they're full of all kinds of terror of what's going to happen and uncertainty is there, if you can have a calmness in your heart and a calmness in your life that the Lord God is in charge over you, you can be a minister to other people who are hurting. Amen? You need to be able to have that. You have something, if you have Jesus, you have something that many people do not have. The only thing they hold on to is this world and what they've got in this world. And if they lose that, they don't know what they would have at all. You've got something far greater than that. And you've got somebody who watches over your heart and over your soul. Now, I want to focus on a really special passage of Scripture, and that's Psalm 91. Very quickly, turn to Psalm 91. I want to walk through that passage with you. Psalm 91, you ought to memorize it during these days because it will minister to your heart and your life. It's as though this psalm were written for this day. Okay, This psalm is like it was penned by the psalmist under the inspiration of the Spirit of God knowing that this day's coming and that we need a word from God. So listen to what it says, this 91st psalm. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Describes God two ways, okay? It says God is most high God. That means that He is sovereign. He is sovereign God. He is in charge. There's nobody else in charge ultimately than God. God is ruler, and He's in charge, and He can speak whatever He chooses to speak, change whatever He wants to do. He can do all things, okay? He is sovereign God. He's most high. But not only does it speak that he's sovereign God, it says that he is the shadow of the Almighty, that he is all-powerful God. It speaks about his might and his power. There's nothing that God will face that is too big for God. There's nothing that God cannot handle, God cannot take care of, God cannot heal, God cannot change the course. There is nothing that baffles God, nothing he has to have plan B, no have to think and come up with another idea. Listen, God is totally and absolutely in charge. And whenever you have an all-sovereign God and you have an all-powerful God, you're in a pretty good place When you dwell in his shelter and you abide in his shadow. Amen? (laughs) 
If you're in his shelter, that's a good place to be. And you're so close to him that he overshadows you. That his shadow is over you. Now, what's the key for the people who get to enjoy that? What's the key for that? It says, the key is this, found there in verse 2. It says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, here it is, my God in whom I trust. Not everybody can say this. Not everybody can say they dwell and that they're overshadowed by Almighty God. But the one who can say that is the one who has put their trust in God. Have you put your trust in God today? Are you putting your trust in God today? Are you dependent on God today? That's the person who says, this great God is over me. But, but not only is it the fact that you've put your trust in him, look what it says in verse 14. It says, this is a point in this psalm when the psalmist turns to God speaking. He says, because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he's known my name. See, we don't just trust God. We what? We love God. He said, for those people who trust me and those people who love me, listen, those people who know my name. You love him? You trust him? Do you know his name? He is your God. And he says, that one who trusts and loves and knows my name, that I overshadow them and I take care of them. Well, look what he says. He's the sufficiency of protection, his sufficiency of protection. Go back to verse 3. Listen to what he says. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. Wow. Look at verse 5. You will not be afraid of the terror by night. Or of the arrow that flies by day. Or of the pestilence that stalks in darkness. You know what pestilence is, don't you? It's called disease. It's called a plague. It's called a virus. Well, isn't that interesting? God, You mean God knew about viruses back then? God knew about diseases back then? He sure did. Of the pestilence that stalks in darkness are the destruction that lays waste at noon. Look at verse what it says in verse 10. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. Who's he talking to? Everybody? He's talking to the children of God. If I wasn't a child of God, I'd be one for the end of this day. Amen. <laughs> and, and you say, well, you really think, do you really think that could happen? You really think that God would make a distinction between the children of God and the rest of the world? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. You say, well, you're just kind of ignorant. Well, just let me stay ignorant, bless God. But I don't think I'm ignorant. 
When I read in the Word of God and you go back when the plagues were happening to the, in, the, in the land of Egypt for the children of Israel to get set free, how many plagues was it set aside that the children of Israel did not and were not touched by it, but the Egyptians were very distinct lines? That's the sovereign, all-powerful God who can do what God chooses to do. Amen? And He promises that you put your faith and trust in Him that you don't have to be fearful of these things that cause us fear, whether it be the armies of men, the arrows that fly, pestilence or plague, or whatever it might happen in the daytime or the night, or when we're not expecting it. You do not have to have fear because you trust, love, and know the Lord. Amen? <laughs> Look at his secure presence found there in verse number 4. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. Wow. His faithfulness or his truth is a shield and a bulwark. You know what, you know what it says that Jesus is going to do, that God's going to do? He wants to take you like a mother hen, and he wants to put his wings and his protection over you. The only way you can get to his babies is go through him. Amen. Well, bless God for that. <laughs> that means nothing's going to happen unless he allows it. Amen. And his truth is the bulwark or the shield of the bulwark. Do you know what you need? You need the truth of God. That's why you need to be in the Word of God. Whenever you find yourself getting anxious, get in the Word of God. Whenever you watch Fox News or CNN and they told you how many have died here and what's going to happen there, turn that off a little bit and get into the Word of God. Amen. And bal- at least balance it out somewhere. So that you don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be anxious about that. All right? Because God Almighty says he can take care of this. Let me me show you something else that's special. And this ought to make you really feel good because this was a promise that the old devil said that was for Jesus and only Jesus. He quoted it to him in the wilderness, remember? But it's also for you, child of God. Listen to what it says in verse 11 and following. We have ministering servants to minister us. They're called angels. Listen. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample down. Wow. God has sent angels to minister to you and minister to me. We have angels appointed over us to care for us. It's just not God protecting us, but his ministering servants. And I want to tell you, those angels are pretty powerful. You've been reading the Word of God, how powerful they are? I'll take one angel anytime. I'll take one angel anytime can handle much of what we're going to face in this world, all right? And God has sent them to minister to our hearts and our lives. Then look at this great promise there found in verse 15. He will call upon me. This is what. He will call upon me and I will answer him. That's what God says. Those of us who trust, he will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. And with a long life, I will satisfy him and let him behold My salvation. What a glorious promise. Do you hear that word? Every one of those verses 
speaks to our heart. It speaks to our situation. And it speaks to the awesome privilege we have as children of God. Now, think about that a minute. Does this mean that nothing will harm you or that you'll never contract a disease or that you'll never be sick? No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that at all. If you walk out here and say, well, Brother Max said, don't. If you're going to say what Brother Max says, say what Brother Max said. Amen? Brother Max said, if we, just, if we do this, we'll never be sick. Well, I, I didn't say it. You didn't hear that out of my voice. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. This is what I believe with all my heart. That if you're trusting in Almighty God and you love Him and you know His name, that if you are inflicted by infirmity or disease or something comes into your life, there's a God-given purpose in that. We're not, that's not, the disease is not controlling. The disease is not determined that. The pestilence is not in charge. The enemy is not ruling. That's not happening. It only comes through the permissive hand of God that God somehow in some way would use that in me or that God would be glorified in that in some way in my life. But I'm here to tell you, I'm resting in the fact that Almighty God is still ultimately in charge. Amen? Now, here's the other thing. If for some reason you get a disease, and you get a sickness, and you die, and you go to glory, that's not meaning that promise wasn't filled. It just means that God was ready for you to go to glory. Amen? And remember, to God, that's a good thing. Precious in the sight of God is the death of his godly ones. That's the best thing God does for you, all right? We, we have a hard time seeing that. In this, that that's, that's God's best gift to get. There's some way you've got to leave this world to get there. All right? Some way you've got to leave this world to get there. And it could be that God may choose to use that some way, but it would be what God does, not what disease does, or not what anything else does. You just have to trust in God. And God, whenever you're ready for me to leave this world, it's going to happen. Okay? It's going to happen. If it's not going to happen by disease, it could be happen by a, just a natural death. Your heart gives out. It could be that you have a wreck. You get all kinds of things that can happen. But you don't have to fear any of that because here's the truth of the matter is as long as God's in charge, you can trust him. You, can trust. you do not have to be fearful. God is your king. And he is all-powerful and he is sufficient and you do not have to be afraid. Now, I'm here to tell you, you need to put that in your heart and your mind. You need to meditate on that and think about that and let God seal that in your heart and your mind. If not, you're going to find yourself being anxious. If not, you're going to find yourself being fearful about things. And you're not going to have the opportunity to minister to other people. Wouldn't it be great if we let the peace of God rule in our heart and life? To the point that people could see that we're distinctly different about this situation than other people are because we know where we stand in relationship to God. You know, we've been praying about revival, haven't we? We've been praying about revival. Who knows that it doesn't take difficult times to bring revival? Who knows that? I mean, there's a miracle already happened. The miracle already happened is that that Congress and the president actually got together and looked like they're going to pass a bill to help everybody. That's a miracle. It hadn't happened for three years. 
But all of a sudden, when there's this tragedy that happens, everybody has to lay all the politics down and start talking about really what matters. Isn't that true? And it may be the thing that causes us Americans and the world as a whole to realize that we need one another and, and that we need to help one another and that we're for one another. There's a whole lot of things that God, I don't know what God's doing. God hadn't told me about that, but he has told me this, don't be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Now, that doesn't mean that you're to be careless. It doesn't mean that you're not to respect authority and what the instructions are given. It doesn't mean that you're not wise and, and all those kinds of things. But it certainly means this, that when you do what you're doing, you're not doing it because you're scared to death. Because God's in charge of that. You're doing it as you walk this journey of life for whatever God chooses to do and however He chooses to do it in you and around you. Amen? We need that word. We need to share that word with others too. That concludes this week's message from Brother Mac. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.